0: episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fully Free Podcast. I'm so excited to have Lori here, the strategy queen on Instagram, if you don't know her. Hi, Lori. Hey. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, and we're gonna talk today, probably about two main things: scaling to six figure months as a new mom, which I've I've been there, you've been there. I feel like we went through a similar journey with that, but also very different and specifically not having to have private clients and scaling with courses. So I'm pumped. Uh, Yeah, me too. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. So um, do you mind sharing with the audience just a little bit, give them a little introduction of who you are and what you do, and then I'm excited to ask you a little bit about your story.
1: Amazing. So, I mainly teach service based businesses how they can generate more passive revenue in their business through turning their expertise into a course or program, which is exactly what I've done in my business to be able to scale to consistent 100K months without having to take on one to one clients or do endless sales calls or even having to do endless live launch after live launch. And I started actually nearly three years ago, nearly three years ago. It was April 2019, and I started this business because I had eight years experience in marketing and business strategy, and it was just the perfect opportunity to now actually turn this into a business, which I wanted to do for so long, but when I moved into the online space, By the end of 2019, I nearly wanted to give up. I was so exhausted. I was so burnt out. And I felt like I just had a glorified nine to five because I was taking on endless one-to-one clients. People kept telling me that was the best way to scale and to scale quickly, take on these one-to-one clients. But it just did the opposite for me. And I nearly gave up the entire business. It's a good thing I didn't because I wouldn't be here Mm -hmm. talking to you a couple of years later. But then January 2020 is when I found out very unexpectedly that I was pregnant with little man. So I knew I couldn't give up, but I also knew I couldn't run my business like I had been. I couldn't be taking on all of these one-to-one clients, doing all of these endless sales calls. And that's where it hit me to turn my expertise into a course, which is also what I actually used to do when I was in corporate for a few years, I was a teacher, a trainer, a mentor, and helped produce courses and programs in marketing and business. So I don't know why I hadn't thought of it sooner. Mm-hmm. So in January 2020, found out I was pregnant with little man and completely changed my business model and decided to not do one-to-one anymore and to focus on creating courses and programs that would fit around me rather than me having to fit around my business, especially as I became a new mom?
0: Yeah, I'd love to hear about, because it sounds it sounds so great, right? And, and And I know it is great. And in the marketing, it sounds so great, but I would love to hear like, how did it feel doing that? Because I know there's a lot of people wanting to make that transition, but there's like fears that tend to come up. And I don't know about you, but like, A, transitioning your business model can be very scary, but also like, I don't know if you experienced this, but when I, both pregnancies, I would get so in my head so easily, (laughs) especially the first time, because you don't know, like, oh my God, how am I even going to be a mom? Like, what is pregnancy like? You don't know what to expect. So, I mean, what was that like to you? Were there fears that came up? Like, I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Even now, like crossing seven figures, hitting 100k months I always have like that little fear and there's like is what's it the saying every new level there's a new devil and I still get it now so of course at the time there were a few fears around it because I'd been growing my business with one-to-one and doing all of these sales calls so I was going to something completely new but it paid off. And ever since we've scaled so, so quickly in 2020, just a year after starting the business, I was then able to hit multiple six figures, I was then able to cross the seven figure line in 2021. So it's always tricky when we have those spares. But it's just pushing past them because it does pay off.
0: Yeah. It's normal to get in our head about it. And, you know, I mean, you had some experience with this obviously, but I always, I always tell my people like that's that part where you've got to be willing to go into the unknown and really trust your desires. Like you just knew that it had to be different. Like in general, it sounded like you were already getting to that point, but then throw a baby into the mix (laughs) and it really needed to change.
1: Yeah, completely. And to be honest, I don't think, If I hadn't changed, my business probably wouldn't have survived by focusing on a one-to-one model because I had little man. And then, unfortunately, not long later, I then lost my dad's, And then a few months after that, I also unexpectedly lost my nan. So, so much happened over the last year. If I hadn't turned my expertise into courses and programs to generate more passive revenue, I wouldn't have been able to scale and take a step out of my business when I needed to by focusing on just the one-to-one model it just wouldn't have happened
0: that is so crazy you know and I mean what would your advice be to someone because I mean what makes such like a tragic story so beautiful is unfortunately a lot of people can can relate and it's always when there's a lot of stuff going on in our life I feel like we tend to also have a lot of stuff going on in the business like what's your advice to someone who maybe is going through something similar? Like life is changing a lot. Maybe they're also going through grief. Maybe they're just, you know, they're also expecting their first child, maybe all of the above. And it just feels like there's a lot going on. I mean, there are a lot of moving pieces to moving to maybe, you know, courses and maybe some funnels. I mean, how did you keep focused on that and keep going through all of that?
1: I think one of the biggest things was, looking at how i could step away from my business and still scale and again as you said there's there's a lot to it and there's a lot of sort of i guess what's what's the right word <laughs> lots of like different pieces to it but i would say when you have a lot going on in your life if you're going to become a new mum for example i mean So much happens in life and we can't predict it half the time. Like life just throws us everything it can sometimes. So I think my biggest piece of advice is make sure you are creating a business that fits around you rather than you fitting around your business. So even when life does get in the way, you can take a step back. And this involves looking at things like turning your expertise into a course and program looking at how you can begin to automate as much in your business as possible, looking at how you can begin to scale a team who takes off everything that doesn't require your face and your voice. And that was a biggie for me, my team. If I hadn't had them, it would have been a lot more difficult, but my team took over everything. If it didn't require my face or voice, I wasn't needed. So I could then take the time I needed to be a new mum, but also then take the time I needed to grieve as well.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that you're touching on this team thing because I wrote a post on this recently, um, more so about having some help at home and, and having some help with the kids sometimes, but it, it goes both ways, right? Help at home, help in the business. Like it is so unrealistic and so impossible to do every single thing yourself. And it's not smart in your business, especially like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm having conversations like this all the time with clients. And the fact is, it's like, life is always going to be happening. And sometimes there's like really good, beautiful things happening that keep us busy and distracted. And then sometimes there's like really unfortunate, hard things, right. Keeping us busy and distracted, but there's always going to be something. And so we need support. Like you said, we need this automation. Can you tell, like when you're making that transition, did you already have a lot of team in place? What did it look like? Cause I think people maybe ha- don't even know what they need for a team or maybe they even have unrealistic expectations. Like it needs to cost them a fortune. I think people are waiting. Like, let me get to seven figures and then I'll bring on all the team because they yeah. think it has to be like so much. You know what I mean? Like you're running this huge company of like, you know, 20 people or something crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so when I was making this transition, it was just me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone on my team. So the first thing I did was start actually creating the course itself. So rather than doing it all live, I started pre-recording it. So I had to do all of that myself. I had to do the branding, create all of the slides, record everything. So I did everything for myself for a little while, but the closer it got to my due date, the more I realized this just, I can't, even with having a course, I can't do it all myself. And one of the biggest things I find in business is, especially a lot of new entrepreneurs, they don't separate their business finances and their personal finances. Mm. So when it comes to investing in their business and investing in the team, because they're treating their business money like their pocket money, it's more scarier to invest. But when you separate your business finances and your personal finances and actually treat your business like a business, it becomes easier. And that's what I did just before uh, little man came along and I hired my first team member. She was absolutely incredible and I would highly recommend her. She still did what she did, but she's actually now moved into the coaching industry. And she took over all of my social media and she had multiple skills, which was fantastic. And she took over my social media, my copy, my graphics, all my scheduling, which was a huge, huge chunk off my plate. So I started with her to begin with. And then she stayed with me for quite a while. And this time last year, only this time last year, it was me and my first full-time employee. So you don't need a big team to begin with. I do have a big team now. So a year later, we're currently a team of seven, soon to be team of 10. But I also have a digital marketing agency. So that's why I have a big team as well. But they've been the best investment. So if you're listening and you are scared to invest in your team, don't see it as an expense, see it as an investment because every team member will make you a return on investment.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love that part. I feel like anyone who's struggling with hiring team, getting behind that, you need to re-listen to this part because (laughs) you need some help. And I mean, people always have that question, like, You know, but when do I hire the first person? And like, I hired my first VA, like before I was hardly making any money. I mean, I was still a VA for some of my clients when I hired a VA because I just needed some help. And um, I think even if you have someone for a few hours a week, get started, start practicing that muscle of being a team leader, because I mean, I don't know about for you, but that's been hard for me. Like it was a huge learning curve personally, but worth it. Um, it is a skill set to be a great boss and outsourcing. So anyway, do that. But I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. I, I I found it interesting what you said, you pre-recorded your course. And I know at least a lot of the people I see, and even how I've I've done it many times is sell it and then create it and create it live. Um, I have pre-recorded one and I found it actually really great and interesting, but I'd love for you to share like Is that still the course you're selling? Did it work out well? What was your thought process behind pre-recording it?
1: Yeah, so I did some live rounds first. At the time it was called the Five Figure Launch System. It is now called Scale with Courses. So I did a couple of live rounds first whilst I was pregnant to really perfect my A to B method of the course and to really make sure it had everything it needed. And then rather than doing live rounds, I do love doing live rounds. We have recently launched some programs that are live, but again I can do that now because I have this team who take over everything for me. But with when we did this transition, I then decided to do all of it pre-recorded. I then sold it as a pre-recorded course instead. But what I found that people wanted was still that live element as well. They wanted to be able to ask me questions and get that support. So we did it live. We then tried completely pre-recorded. Now it is a hybrid, so it's evergreen and people can join any time. So they'll get access to the online portal, which has all of the amazing course material on how to, well enough scale with courses, <laughs> hence the name, <laughs> and then. We also have a live element where they get access to a private Facebook group. So every single day they can ask questions, they can get feedback, anything they need. They ask it in that group. And then we do it used to be one call per week. But one thing we've done is actually invested back into our programs. And they now have a support team of co-coaches who are also in that program. So they also give feedback and video feedback and do live workshops and zoom calls so it's very very high value for the price but it's because I have this incredible team again the importance of a team (laughs) to support me with it so it's now pre-recorded with live support and we found that has just made it sell so so well we recently did a launch actually in this month I don't have final numbers yet so I can't say final numbers but it's been one of our biggest ever launches because people seem to love that model of pre-recorded where they can take it at their own pace, but they can still get this high touch support as well. Oh my gosh, I feel like that's so genius.
0: I love that. And I feel like that's going to be really helpful for people because sometimes it's like, you know, if you love giving that type of support to your clients, especially if you have a background in doing a lot of private coaching and you're so used to that, and maybe hopefully you enjoy it at least a little, It's like sometimes going all the way to a course where there's like no support just feels weird. And like you said, sometimes it's it's not what everybody needs and wants. So I love that. And I I, one other thing I kind of hear you getting to is that it sounds like you really valued, um, not protecting, perfecting your process that you teach the clients. Like you said, that A to B method. So, and then adding in this extra support, even with team, it's all about kind of putting that, that client first and like thinking what do they really need and want and how do we make this the best that it can be over time not getting caught in perfectionism but I think that sometimes we forget that step when we start thinking about how do I make a lot of money (laughs) you'll make a lot of money by really putting your client first I mean what do you think
1: I completely agree we saw a lot of sort of courses and programs coming into the online space that were very high in price, but they really were not providing a level of support that someone would need to get a particular result. And unfortunately, we were getting a lot of people coming to us saying they've invested before and it wasn't what they expected. And we knew we had to change this. So we really put our role into the courses and programs to make them next level. We want everyone leaving, feeling like it's the best experience they've ever had. But also by doing that, That's how we consistently get sales and how we get so many sales without having to do one-to-one because we're providing this amazing experience. So more people go away and talk about us and tell people about us. And if I do a launch, everyone in there is willing to support me with that launch and making it as big as possible because we focus on the client first and what they need.
0: I love that. So good. So here's what I feel like everybody wants to know is you, I believe you mentioned the word evergreen and that I feel like everyone wants to know more about that and getting away from this model of having to launch every single month. So maybe for someone who hasn't, doesn't even hardly know, they know what it means. Like, okay, I want to be making sales all the time and I don't want to have to launch all the time. I mean, what does that look like? How are you accomplishing that? Can you give us like a little behind the scenes on that?
1: yeah definitely so i i personally i do love live launching as well i love being on camera but what creates this consistency is having an evergreen model where we can continuously bring in leads nurture our audience and convert them we don't have to rely on a live launch to have a successful month so a big thing that we do when it comes to our Evergreen model is it all begins with a Evergreen freebie, which is like a pre-recorded, such as a mass class, a pre-recorded freebie or a free guide, a lead magnet. So one of the biggest things we've done is created these incredible freebies, which we promote in various ways organically and now with ads as well and that then helps grow our audience and it helps generate lots of leads once people then opt in they go into this nurture sequence and this nurture sequence gives them even more value it sends them over to our social media so they can then get even more value from our socials and then with this email sequence we then begin to talk about our offers as we've nurtured them And then as we talk about our offers, people begin to convert. That's the simplest way I can put it when talking about it via audio. Totally.
0: No, that's awesome. And are you putting in place, you know, some type of urgency? Because that's what a live launch, you know, that's why live launches work partially. I think the live energy is really, really great. I think it's a great way to like be able to just put together something brand new and your current energy and. And of course, there's usually urgency if doors are closing. So I feel like that's where people get kind of confused. Is like, what? how am I going to entice people to join now if technically they can always join?
1: Yeah, so to create ur- urgency, you can have bonuses. Mm-hmm. So it could be if they sign up by a particular date, they might get a couple of hundred off or they might get an additional product that you have, an additional course that you have. It might be that they get some additional extra time in the program. So having bonuses can then help create that urgency. Yeah, totally. And then the other thing that got asked,
0: I mean, actually, definitely the number one question. Yesterday on my Instagram, I put up a little question box, like what would you want to know from Lori who has gone to six-figure months with her courses and three or four people asked, um, like essentially... They're already selling a course, but they're kind of plateaued with how many people they get in their course. Like every time I launch, I get five people or maybe 10 people, or um, they're just stuck at a certain number. When that is someone's problem, what do you think is usually the solution there? What's your advice? Have Have you ever dealt with that?
1: Yeah, this is so, so common. So one of the biggest things I'd say is audience growth. So, you can launch with a small audience, you can sell with a small audience, but the bigger your audience, the bigger your reputation, the bigger your authority in the online space, the more people you have to sell to, the more people that are going to convert. So, I'd say focusing on audience growth is a really, really key part to hitting numbers. I so agree. I think that is something
0: that people easily miss because. You can get so focused on selling, which is very important <laughs> to run a business. You need to be selling. But we forget that we need to grow our audience. And I, I think that you said it perfectly. It's like, yes, you can sell to a small audience. And I always think like when my clients try to tell me that they think there's no buyers left in their audience, I always joke. I'm like, you're not that good at selling that you have sold to every single possible person in your audience. Like, I don't believe that. But at the same time like yes it's important to value growing your audience do you mind sharing like how how you have grown your audience i think a lot of people that have a model like yours are of course using ads things like that is that your main way do you have a few ways like i think that would be so helpful for people to kind of get a glimpse on
1: yeah so we use multiple ways like a big thing we do is every single day we think what can we do today to grow my audience, to build awareness of the brand and to generate leads? Like every single day, that's something we're thinking about because it's so important. And we know the more we can fill up the pipeline, the more people will have to convert. So we do use ads now. However, we didn't start using ads till we actually hit our first 100K cash month. So everything I did originally was organic, So organic, we used various different methods, we utilized our social media, of course, to bring people through to our email list through promoting our freebies. So we'd promote them in my Facebook group and on my stories on Instagram. But most importantly, I'd say is we were utilizing other people's audiences as well. So we were promoting in other groups where allowed, we were doing guest speaking spots as well. So going into other people's groups, other people's memberships, other people's paid programs to do masterclasses and provide their audience with value, which would build a lot of trust. And then that would then allow us to grow our audience and grow our email list and grow my Instagram, etc. It's probably one of the most time consuming ways. But especially in the earlier stages of the business, it really helped for that authority building. So getting in front of other people's audiences can really, really help you. And then we utilize my audience as well. So a big thing that we do is anytime we do a freebie, especially a live freebie, we encourage my audience to share it through having prizes. So we will have prizes for tagging me on Instagram and Facebook. And every time they go and do that, they'll be put into the prize draw to win another prize. So people then become curious to who is this person that has been seen everywhere, which then leads them back to my social medias as well. So I'd say they're probably some of our top ways of doing it organically.
0: So good. So of course, utilizing your social media utilizing other people's audience, which is literally what we're doing here today, right? Like (laughs) me sharing you with my audience, hopefully you'll give the episode a share and your people can come over to my podcast. Like that's what we're doing right now. Um, And then I love what you said too, like encouraging people to to share it, which is, they have a perfect example of that on this podcast at the end, we have an outro we always use that reminds people, like if you love this episode, go share it and, and tag me. And if there's a guest, tag me and, and the guest today. So that's that's really great. And I think prizes are fun. I, I want to play with that more because that's something that it's easy to be lazy with. Like if I'm calling myself out, it's easy to just like not think about that part and get a little lazy. But I think if you're strategic with it, um, it gets to be easy. You just got to be a little bit more mindful. Can you people are always asking me this about you know utilizing other people's audience collaboration because same thing like my people granted again we're always doing this on the podcast that's a huge piece of my strategy with the podcast but they don't see me you know what i was doing 6 7 years ago which was always collaborating with people like strategically sharing each other doing trainings together um you know, like teaching in each other's Facebook groups, each other's programs. I mean, I put a lot of effort into that in the beginning, and and sometimes people don't see that. Once you know you're past that, it's like now we have the money, we can put it into advertising, and our audience organically shares us and stuff like that. Can you just give a tip or two for someone who's like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna grow my audience. How do I start getting other people to sh- not not to share me, but like, you know, how do I get on podcasts or how do I get to teach in someone's program? Like, were you pitching yourself? How do you reach out for someone who just feels like? A little nervous a little i don't know how to do that
1: so the one of the first ways that i did it was actually pitching myself Mm -hmm. in people's facebook groups on my social media and that helped but another thing is like if you're in a mastermind or you're in programs with other people like you're already around these people you're connecting with these other entrepreneurs who will have a business themselves. So they're a sort of a perfect collaboration to begin to connect with them and reach out to them and seeing if they have any opportunities. And in return, offering them an opportunity as well. So then there's that mutual benefit. So I think pitching yourself, utilizing your social media, utilizing other people's social media where allowed, but also looking at like, who are your current connections in your space and reach out to those. Yeah. And like, don't be intimidated because
0: I always try to see it as a win-win. Like it's such a win-win to be sharing our audiences with each other today. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be intimidating to reach out to people and say, Hey, can I, can I come help your audience? Or can you come help mine? And it's always a win-win, or you can also, you know, kind of swap as well. Like, let's do something for your audience know to showcase me and let's do something for my audience to showcase you so i think that's a great mindset shift you know just make it a win-win and like i mean the way that you put it sounds so easy and like i think that's the thing is like if you get out of your head and you really commit to doing it it's really not hard it's fun yeah exactly cool awesome well, that is all of my questions I really wanted to ask you today. I believe I'm doing a quick check. I didn't miss anything, but we covered all of this, which is great. So thank you so much for sharing this with everyone. And um, I would love for people who are really resonating with the way that you do business, obviously they can follow you on Instagram at the strategy queen, um, but I'm guessing you probably have somewhere else, a training or something that they can go get from you if they want to dive in deeper. Do you mind sharing? Yep.
1: Yeah, so of course I have my podcast as well, which is the strategy queen with Laurie Burrows, or you can go to www.thestrategyqueen.com forward slash freebies. And we have various different free offers on there to help you. Oh, perfect. Everyone go get all of the goodies. <laughs>
0: because this was incredible information. I'm sure you have so much good stuff on that page. So awesome. Thank you so much for sharing this with everybody. I I really love this conversation today. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course.
0: All right, you guys. Goodbye. I'll talk to you in the next episode.